0: Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lo from the Division of Emergency
1: Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging.
0: Today we have a special guest, uh, my colleague Dr. Ali Abayazid from the Division of Neuroradiology. Uh, Ali was a fellow with us at UMass a while back and now he has joined our faculty in the Division of Neuroradiology. Uh, Ali is here to uh, speak with Chris and I about three aunt minis in the CT evaluation of stroke. These uh, signs that he will be discussing are the hyperdense vessel sign, the insular ribbon sign, and the delayed Vessel sign. Welcome, Ali. How you doing? Great. Um, so, for this first sign, hyperdense vessel sign, uh, we hear a lot about it. It's often uh, written about in textbooks and uh, uh, journal articles. Um, tell me, what what am I looking for, and how does this sign appear when I'm looking at a head CT?
2: So yeah, so this sign is usually seen on, uh, if you're looking on non-contrast head CTs, uh, what you're looking for is an increased density. It's usually in the middle cerebral artery. This is how it was classically described. And you'll see that there is asymmetric hyperdensity of the M1 segment of the MCA in the sylvian cistern on a non-contrast head CT. Uh, But it's not exclusive to middle cerebral artery. You can also see hyperdensity in the ICAs, in the ACAs, more distally in the MCA branches and in that case it's referred to as the dot sign rather than the hyperdense vessel sign. You can also see it in vessels of the posterior circulation like the basilar artery, the vertebral arteries, the PCA. Uh, But be careful when you see hyperdensity in the vessels. Make sure that it's asymmetric and also make sure that it corresponds to the patient's symptoms because if you see hyperdensity to all the vessels in the brain, this is usually going to be a systemic process rather than a lo- local process. So patients who are dehydrated, patients who are anemic, tend to have hyperdense signal to the vessels and even the dural venous sinuses. And it doesn't really mean that they have what we refer to as the hyperdense vessel sign.
0: Okay, great. Um, so. Suppose that I uh, see this, what I think to be a hyperdense vessel on a non-contrast head CT. What exactly am I looking at? What's the pathophysiology that's causing uh, this
2: appearance, the sign? So the way that it was classically described that it is due to an intraluminal thrombus. Okay, so when you have a clot, what happens is over time, The plasma leaves the clot, and what you're left with is the cells and the debris. And then the attenuation will rise from about 40 hounsful unit, which is the attenuation of the flowing blood, to about 80 hounsful unit, which is the attenuation of the clot. Uh, But we've also seen this sign in cases of uh, dissection, for example. Uh, So that will explain why it's denser than normal blood. Okay.
0: So now say I'm very so now I'm very convinced that uh, I see a hyperdense vessel sign what else on the uh, study on the examination can I and should I be uh, looking for in addition to this hyperdense vessel sign
2: So of course when you see the hyperdense vessel sign you need to evaluate the gray white matter differentiation in the vascular distribution that you're seeing Uh, So if you're looking at an MCA hyperdense vessel sign, which is the main topic that we're talking about, you're going to look for gray white matter differentiation in the MCA territory. So you're going to look at the basal ganglia, the insula, the areas of the frontal, parietal, and temporal lobes that are supplied by the MCA. You also need to evaluate the more proximal vessels because that thrombus could be a distal migration from a more proximal thrombosis. So if you happen to have uh, more coverage of the proximal ICAs or even the neck ICAs, you might want to look for hyperdensity there as well. You know, to
0: me, I'm an emergency radiologist, so the most important question for me is, when I see this sign, what, uh, how does this affect uh, the patient's management and the patient's treatment from that point on?
2: So it's, even though it's a very good sign uh, to see from a radiology standpoint, uh, to tell you what's going on with the patient, it's actually not a very good sign for the patient. So hyperdense vessel sign has been associated with poor clinical outcome, and that's mainly because they are usually associated with a large volume stroke. I mean, we are thinking them as the way that it was classically described, it's the M1. So if you occlude the M1, you're gonna have a very big MCA-related stroke. Uh, and severe neurological deficits. So it's usually uh, associated with poor clinical outcome to the patient. Uh, But it's also, on the other hand, it's a good sign to suggest that maybe we need early intervention. So these patients will usually get a CT angiogram um, if it wasn't ordered already as part of their stroke evaluation. And if it's confirmed on the CTA as a thrombus and occlusion of the M1, they usually are taken immediately to the neurointervention suite for thrombectomy.
1: That's great, Ali. Those are some really great uh, points on the hyperdense vessel sign. Um, How about the insular ribbon sign? Uh, What does that sign um, appear like on uh, clinical imaging?
2: So the insular ribbon sign is also another sign of ischemia. And the way that this will look on non-contrast HCT will be basically loss of the gray white matter differentiation in the insular cortex. So the insular cortex is separated from the lentiform nucleus by the external capsule. Once you have edema within the insular cortex, you're going to lose that gray white matter differentiation. And that's what's classically referred to as the insular ribbon sign. And it's considered an early sign
1: of an MCA infarction. So, so what is it exactly that's causing this sign? What is the, you know, the pathophysiology? What is you know, creating that, that image?
2: So uh, the thing about the insular cortex it's, is that it's more susceptible to ischemia following MCA occlusion than other parts of the MCA territory. And that's because it has the least potential for collateral supply from the anterior cerebral and the posterior cerebral arteries. So uh, even though the patient might have a bigger infarct in the MCA than what is shown on the CT, the insular ribbon tend to be the earliest and the more sensitive to the signs of infarction. And that's why we need to look at that in every case of possible MCA stroke.
1: Great. Um, what else, so I have a patient and I, I, I believe that I see an insular ribbon sign. Are there any secondary signs or any other uh, findings I should be sensitive to in these cases?
2: So yeah, so since we're talking about uh, this as a sign of an MCA infarction, it goes without saying that you have to evaluate the other parts that are supplied by the middle cerebral artery. So like we were talking in the hyperdense MCA sign, you need to evaluate the rest of the basal ganglia, uh, the frontal, temporal, and parietal lobe areas, and the white matter that are supplied by the MCA. Uh, you also need to evaluate for possible other areas that can be confounding. Maybe this patient doesn't have a stroke. Maybe he has insular edema, uh, such as in cases of hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which tend to have bilateral involvement, herpes encephalitis. Uh, you should look for edema in the medial temporal lobes, uh, f- uh, which usually is the, the, the epicenter of herpes encephalitis. Patients with acute hepatic encephalopathy, you need to look for history of liver damage and also tend to be bilateral involvement in this case, and seizures, so not every uh, appearance of an insular ribbon sign is a stroke, Uh, so that's something to be aware of.
1: Great, that's uh, some great information. Um, What? So it it sounds like it's not a um, specific sign for ischemia and you need to really think about uh, other differentials. But how would this um, sign uh, help us in, in the management of the patient you know, as far as you know, additional imaging um, or um, clinical uh, management? So,
2: yeah, so it's, it's uh, if you're think, thinking about ischemia, and that's what we're talking about today, uh, this patient will need further evaluation with CTA and maybe intervention. Uh, and the clinical treatment, of course, will be based on clinical picture. If you're thinking maybe this is not ischemia and this is some other etiology, one of the etiologies that I described above, then patient will need further testing for those uh, indications and maybe further evaluation with the brain MRI.
1: That's great, Ali. Uh, Those are some really good information on the insular ribbon sign. Um, What do you think, Hal? What about the uh, delayed vessel sign? Yeah, so uh, this is one that
0: uh, I think uh, some people may be um, uh, less familiar with and I, th- I believe is a newer sign in the setting of ischemia uh, and now we're also going to transition into not uh, just non-contrast CT but um, contrast enhanced CT angiogram. So, so Ali, first and f- foremost, um, how does this sign appear on imaging that,
2: uh, that we would do? So, yeah, so you're absolutely right. So in in this recent era where we are doing more and more of the multi-phase CTA, I just want to give a brief background of what's multi-phase CTA. So the first phase is usually timed during the peak of the arterial phase while we are monitoring the contrast bolus in the aortic arch. And that's about six-second delay from the time of injection. Uh, the second and third phases are acquired about eleven and twenty-two seconds, respectively. So you have more of a more of a pattern of the in in and outflow of the blood uh, into the brain. Uh, as it goes for the delayed vessel sign, is that in cases of where you have proximal occlusion or significant sten- stenosis uh, in the anterior circulation, mainly that's what we are talking about here, the ACA and MCA t- territories and you have good collaterals what we, what you will see on the delayed phases which is the second and third phases is that you will see a vessel that starts to enhance more delayed than the opposite side and that's usually will be easiest to pick up on the axial maximum uh, in uh, uh, minimum in, uh, maximum intensity projection sequences or what we refer to as the mips
0: okay great so now we know uh, we'll- what to look for and how how it appears, what is causing this appearance on the CT angiogram, this appearance of a delayed vessel sign?
2: So what's causing this is either the uh, slow flow of the blood uh, through the area of the proximal stenosis or the uh, flow of the blood through the more distal collaterals from the other vessels into that delayed vessel. Uh, so it's, in a way, it is a good sign because that means that the patient will usually have good collaterals.
0: And then in the setting of a uh, patient with ischemic stroke symptoms, when we see the delayed vessel sign on C- CTA, what else are we looking at and where else should we be looking to for further evaluation on this exam?
2: So, yeah, so again, you need to evaluate for that proximal occlusion. Once you see that delayed vessel sign, your brain should be telling you, okay, there's something that is limiting the flow of the blood proximally. So you have to look for that occlusion or that significant stenosis proximally. You also need to look for any tandem uh, lesions, so tandem occlusions or tandem stenosis. And you also need to evaluate what other collaterals or distant vessel signs are also showing up on imaging because that will be very helpful for future management.
0: Uh, You mentioned tandem uh, vessel or tandem uh, lesions. What does that mean exactly?
2: So basically, um, tandem lesions is where you have uh, two or more areas of stenosis along the course of the same vessel. Uh, In the old days when we only did a single phase CT angiography, usually you will see the first occlusion or stenosis and because we don't, we didn't have the delayed phases where we were getting more distal enhancements through collateralization, we will not be able to prospectively evaluate whether there are areas of stenosis more distal along the course of that vessel. Uh, that's usually would have been a surprise during intervention. But now that we have this multi-phase CTA and we are looking through the entire uh, bolus tracking, the phase, the arterial and the venous phases of the enhancement, we are able to see uh, those distal areas of stenosis and occlusion, and maybe help the interventionalist to think about that before going in and um, doing any intervention.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned intervention. How, how does uh, the presence of the delayed vessel sign uh, affect the patient's management and treatment?
2: So yeah, so that's, uh, that's a very good sign for the patient. Uh, that usually means that the patient has tissue that can be salvaged by m- either medical treatment or intervention because that means that the blood is going to the areas distal to the occlusion and that brain it's, means it's still, val- it's, it's still um, uh, viable, uh, what we refer to as uh, penumbra uh, or salvageable tissue. So that's a good sign for the patient. That means that there is probably a good outcome. And these patients also tend to have a lower NIH stroke scale despite what might look like a major vascular occlusion.
0: Well, uh, thank you, Ali. That concludes our discussion of uh, three minis in the CT evaluation of uh, ischemic stroke. We appreciate it, uh, and uh, we will see you next time.
2: You're welcome. Thanks
1: for having me. That was great, Ali. Thank you. And that concludes today's episode Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading material as provided by our guests.
0: And as always, thank you to our producers, Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsran. See you next time.